We're going to be reading out of Philippians today. Chapter 1, early in Philippians. Verse 6, one verse. Just a small little bit. All right. Thank you all for being here. Okay. Philippians. Philippians 1. Verse 6. I am confident of this very thing, that he began, he that began a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ, unto the day of Christ Jesus. You want a verse to stand on? There's a verse. There's a good verse. There are times when I lose sight of what I'm supposed to be doing. There are times when I lose, I lose direction. And then I remember. And as soon as I do, I ask forgiveness, and I go right to that verse. Because he began a good work in me, and he's not going to be done until I'm done, until I'm with him, or until he comes back. He is not going to be done. But it's a conditional word, right? He's not just going to snap his fingers and make Tom perfect. He's not going to do that. It's a cooperative verse. He gives me direction. He provides he speaks to me, he speaks to me. And if I'm obedient, he, he moves me towards perfection, th sanctification. God speaks to me, he speaks to all of us, right? We've been talking about that for the last few weeks. Sometimes I listen, sometimes maybe not so much, but in any case, when I get back to it, when I get reminded of it, I go right to that verse, reminding myself that this good work he's begun He's going to continue. He's going to continue. There was, I, I'm one of those folks, there was a time a while ago where God actually, for me, spoke out loud. God called an audible. And I was obedient. I was obedient. I was obedient. And I was blessed beyond my my imagination, what I, what I could imagine for me, I was blessed beyond that because I was obedient. But as you've been speaking a little bit, when, when God calls an audible, you better be tuned in. <laughs> He's trying hard to get your attention. A lot of things that led up to it, I was uh, self-absorbed, not listening, and he called an audible. But like I say, on the outside of it, on the back side of it, tremendously blessed. In that, in that audible, it was a two-part, it was a two-part request. I did part A right away, and the blessings were abundant. And then after part A was over, I sort of like reached up and shut off a light to part two, and I kept right on going. God still had things for me to do. I was still on purpose for God, not necessarily that purpose, but I was, he's always speaking. He's always got stuff for us to do. And a week ago or so, I was talking with, a, with an individual, and that individual said something to me that was very much a God statement. And that individual doesn't even know that he said it. But as soon as he made his statement, that light went back on. And I was reminded, oh, wait a second, there's a second part to this audible that God called. And I immediately thought of this verse. This good work that he has begun will continue. Whether, how do I say it? 
When I'm not cooperating, I'm not moving that direction. But when that light gets turned on, I'm back on it. As long as I remember, he's not finished with me. He's going to continue until I am with him or until he comes back. This good work, he who began a good work in me will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. Jesus, Lord, blessed we are, for you have your hand on us, Father, and you are working us towards perfection. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that we stay focused on you, knowing that you are moving us where you want us to be. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. better, Lord, than to be in your presence. And Lord, it's a great honor. It's a great honor to be called by you. It's a great honor to be called by your name. Thank you, Lord, for your word that says that we're not alone, but that you dwell within us. You're here amongst us. Where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. And we thank you, Lord. And we acknowledge this morning that you're here and you're able to meet every person's need. You're able to answer every question. You're, ever, you're, you're able to fill every empty spot, every empty heart. And you're able to, to, to be God in our midst. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Glory to God. Well, this morning we have a, a couple of very special things that we want to do. And uh, um, we're going to begin with the most special. I just have to tell you, it's the most, because children are a blessing of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so uh, Andrew and Katie Penning have uh, asked to, hey, buddy, you're ready. All right, give me the five. No, she already went that way. She went that way. She, she's coming back. There she is. Yep. Uh, they've asked to, to dedicate uh, Melody, and we're going to do that this morning. And Melody's so excited about it, yes. And I want to read a, a few verses here. Uh, it's out of Luke. Luke chapter 2. I'm a little hot in the mic if you can pull it down just a tad. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 22. It says, and when the time came for their purification, this is Mary and, and Jesus, after Jesus was, Jesus was born, uh, came for, the pure, for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Then we go down to verse 27, and it says, there was a man, he came into the in, in the spirit, into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he, this was Simeon, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, and then he prophesied over Jesus. He said, he said some words basically saying, this is who this child's going to be. 
And then verse 34, And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts that so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And I, I, there's a number of verses I could have picked this morning <clears throat> to talk about uh, raising children, about dedicating children, about uh, presenting them before the Lord. We know that that Jesus was ministering one day, and and the the people just started bringing their kids for Jesus to lay his hands on and bless them. It's a, it's a good thing to do. It's a biblical thing to do. But the Lord led me specifically to this one. I kept trying to go to the other ones. And I kept coming back to this. And I don't know exactly why. Maybe we'll find out here in just a few moments. But um, when a child is dedicated, here in our church, what we believe is that, that uh, when, it's good to dedicate your children, to make a, a public statement, to say this is how we're going to raise this child. And, and then we as a congregation join with them and agree with them that we're going to be examples and we're going to, we're going to support them because uh, it takes parents to raise children. But it also takes a church to stand with them and to pray for them and to, to be there in moments when they need help, especially when the kids are running through the foyer and going crazy. And, you know, your kids did that a lot, you know, I mean, and my kids never did that. <laughs> But, but we're here as the body of Christ to agree. Now this, we also know this doesn't save the child. You know, it's, we don't believe that the child is, is for sure, you know, destined for heaven. That's about child raising. That's about raising them as parents and, and raising them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord because one day they'll make a choice. One day they have to make a choice. There, there are no grandchildren in the body of Christ. There are no second generation. You're, you're, you're a child of the living God when you, when you make that decision. But when they're children, they're covered by their parents' faith. Absolutely. And so we stand with them during this time. But there will be a day when, she, when Melody has to decide for herself. And in that time, between now and then, the word gets sown. The word keeps being sown and, and lifestyle is shown and, and God is, is moving all the way through. So let's pray. And uh, pray for Melody. Hallelujah. Before I do so, I just want to ask publicly, uh, Andrew and Katie, do you choose to, to raise Melody in the fear and the admonition of the Lord? Amen. And then us as a congregation, do you, do you choose, do you uh, endeavor to be an example, to live your lives, to show Melody what, what Christianity is all about, what, what the life in, in Christ is all about? Amen. I mean, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for Melody. <laughs> Father, I thank you for her life. This life that's just barely begun. But that this life that has so much potential, so much lying before her. I thank you, Father, that every step that she takes is blessed. Father, I thank you that everywhere that she goes, everything she puts her hands to is blessed. And we thank you, Father, as she grows, she will see you and hear you on a regular basis. She'll see your love through her parents. She'll hear your voice through their voice. 
I thank you, Lord, that as she grows into the woman that you're calling her to be, that she will know you, know your love, and know your peace in every way. And I thank you, Father, when that day comes, it'll be an easy step for her to step right over into the, into the family of God for eternity. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray for Andrew and Katie as her parents, that you give them wisdom and understanding above and beyond their own ability. I thank you, Father, that they, they see and know. Like your word says, train up, a child, train up a child in the way that they should go. That they know, they hear your voice and they know which way every day how melody is to be raised up. Give them that wisdom, Father, that, that blesses them, blesses her, and blesses the world through your love. Thank you for it. Father, I also pray protection over this whole family that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. No, no, no one who rises up against them will succeed. And I thank you, Lord, that they are blessed in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Children are special. We don't know how special until they grow up and get old like you. But, they, but we know by faith, amen, that they are special. Hallelujah. Let's give them a warm congratulations. And then before they sit down, I have a, another special announcement about the Pennings. Uh, how many of you remember about uh, three, four weeks ago, we began to pray uh, for the different churches in the valley, praying for uh, the four churches, uh, Prescott, St. Croix Falls, Grandy, and here. And I said to pick a different church and to pray for that church each day, praying for their needs, praying for vision and things like that. Well, who, who here has been praying for Grandy? Anybody been praying for, we've got a, got, I see some hands around the room, been praying for Grandy? Just so you know, one of the prayer requests was for a, a worship leader. And Katie has taken that position as the worship leader. And uh, they begin, she'll begin next Sunday on Easter Sunday uh, up there at Grandy. And so prayers work, amen? Amen. It's, it's good. And other people are praying for other churches, for different groups, so on and so forth. Uh, one of the other churches is, is in Prescott, uh, in uh, Engaged Church in Prescott, Pastor John and, and Jen Logan. And I just got a text because one of theirs was just to grow, you know, uh, numerically. And he just texted me this morning, three brand new people just walked in the door. So they're continuing, continuing to grow. Hallelujah. It's very exciting. So as we... Uh, as me make that announcement about them going up to Grandy, I want to pray for them and, and send them out, amen? Because they're not just leaving, they're being sent out. And, and we keep a very short, uh, you know, uh, tether, or that doesn't sound right. Le leash sounded even worse, so I, I tried to soften it as much as I could. But a connection, they're, they're, we're all the same body, amen? So Father, we do. We pray for, for Katie and for Andrew, for this whole family as they take this step of faith and they take this step of obedience to follow you in the direction of, of leading worship up at Grandy. Thank you, Father, for their willingness. Thank you, Father, for the giftings and callings that's within them that'll be used in this way. 
God, you're so good for us to be able to see your hand move through us, through our people. And as we send them out, like, like we've said for everyone else that we've sent out, Father, we're not, we're not just, they're not just leaving, but they're going out sent by us. And we're sowing seed. And we thank you, Father, for good harvest. Good harvest in their life and in their ministry. And, Father, a good harvest here for the seed that we're sowing. We thank you for the whole family being blessed through this transition in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So after service, if you're still here, because I know sometimes with kids things happen, uh, just greet them and uh, just share the love of the Lord with them. Amen? Amen. God bless. Hallelujah. That's pretty exciting. It's, it's fun to can be a part of what God's doing and part of and being uh, uh, seeing what, what He is doing through our lives. Amen? The other thing that I want to do this morning, and I've asked the uh, four Kara students, second year Kara students, why don't you guys come up? Uh, there are four students who um, went on a mission trip to, pardon? You only got three. You only got three. Did you lose one, huh? Or, yep, come on up on the stage. Left them in Miami, yeah. So they, they were on a mission trip a few weeks ago, and I've asked them each to share. I'll drop this down so people can see everybody. Um, I've asked each one of them to just share a testimony, something that God did on the trip, uh, just share a little bit about it. And uh, they, uh, they said not, not, you know, they don't, I didn't want them to. <laughs> Thank you for volunteering, Linda. That was wonderful. Welcome, Pastor John. So go ahead and share a share Hallelujah. I warned them my testimony's long. They didn't seem to matter. God did so many amazing things. Um, as, as you may or may not know, normally CARE students take a trip out of the country. Right, Justin and Emily? <laughs> and, but this year, because of COVID, there were changes. And you know, God's always in charge of everything, even though people really think they're in charge. They'll get a clue one of these days. So we found out that we weren't going to go out of the country because of that. And Bob was the first one to say, we're going to Miami, Florida. And if you know me, um, I really didn't want to go to Miami, Florida. And I was pretty vocal about it to the group, but even more so to God. Um, because I thought, God, I've never had a desire to go to Miami, Florida in my entire life. But, you know, obedience is a good thing. I think that's what Tom was talking about, right? So I said, okay, God, I'm going, but, you know, I need some things if I'm going to go. I really can't handle that humidity, God. And I don't want to get sunburned because this skin gets sunburned so easily. And that would really spoil the trip for me. And I said, I really want it to be comfortable during the trip. Well, would you believe that when we got to Miami, it was, um, well, we got there and it was dark, which it was beautiful. It was prettier than when I landed in Vegas one time. The lights were just amazing. And I thought, Oh, this is a good start, God. This is really pretty good. So then we, uh, when, when the days progressed, all of the days were cool days. Our temperatures were between 70 and 79. 
The humidity was almost non-existent as far as I was concerned, except in my hotel room where the girls were constantly showering. Um, but, uh, so, but it was just terrific. I did not get sunburned. God was so good to me. But the team was mad at me because they thought I brought all the wind. And I said, no, that's really the Holy Spirit's job to be the wind, not me. So, but it was a great trip, and you know what? I'd go again in a heartbeat. And uh, I really appreciate those who helped send me, because many of the people from this church were a part of that sending. You know, when they told us it was going to cost us $2,000, I thought, hmm, okay, I think I can fit that in my budget. Uh, somehow, God could do that, but that trip cost me $5. So if you're wondering about going someplace that God is telling you to go, don't worry about it. He's got it covered. He's got it covered. So, but it was amazing. Um, the thing that, that struck me the most is, um, first of all, how many of you have unsaved loved ones? Raise your hand. You have some unsaved loved ones? Then listen close. Because this is what God showed me was so amazing. He said, he said before the trip began, because the Tuesday before we left on our trip, we were in Karis Plymouth, all of us, and the first year students there prayed for all of us, I got two words. They were the exact same word from two different people. So does that make you kind of pay, up, pay attention? It did me. It said, God wants you to know how much he loves you. How many of us don't need to know that? Pretty paramount in our Christian life because as we know we're loved by God, we move forth in confidence and power. And that was God's intention. So the, we were on the beach one day and there was a gentleman on the beach. And Randy, who was the guy's um, chaperone, he was on the beach talking to this guy. And I didn't think too much of it, but I wanted to go down to the water because I wanted to touch the Atlantic Ocean too. So I walked down there and the, guys, um, <laughs> the guy is talking to Randy, but he's not really moving forward, you know? And so I made a couple of comments and I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe this guy just isn't open, you know? And I thought, well, God, whatever you want us to do, you do that. And so Randy left and Karen, who was one of my roommates, came up and she was trying to talk to him and he talked so fast that she could hardly get a word in edgeways. And she finally said, wait a minute, let me say one thing. And he let her have space for a couple of minutes, and she was asking him about whether he was a believer or not, and he said he was. Um, so we're going, okay. And she asked if she could pray for him, and he said, I, I don't need any prayer. You know, it's not very often that someone says to me, I don't need prayer. So I was a little surprised. And so then we finished our conversation, Karen and I left, and pretty soon Lorna from our group had come. While Lorna was going to him, I was saying, Lord, I really want you to do something that will really touch him at his most deepest level. And you know where that is, God. You know what's going to show him how big you really are. Him and Lorna were talking, and Lorna said, can I pray for you? Well, yeah, he says, I, I, I need a job. 
And so she said, okay, and she prayed for him. And if you know our Lorna, she's even more outspoken than I am. So it was pretty wild, but it was good. And we left. We were ministering on the beach. We were doing skits for people on the beach. And that was amazing. And then I went to the bathroom just as we're ready to leave. And this guy's name was Blaine. And I said, he looked at me and he said, I got it, I got it. And he's jumping up and down and he's acting crazy. And I'm going, what do you have? And I got a job. And I thought, well, fine, because I didn't know what that meant. You know, I mean, I wasn't in on Lorna's conversation. But we got back into the vans and it turned out that Lorna had been praying for him. And that was the very thing that touched him at a very deep level. God provided a job for him and he had it. It was going to start right away. He was thrilled. You know what God said to me through that? He said, you know your oldest son that you've been praying for forever, it seems like? He is not very far from me. If you think I know how to touch Blaine, I know how to touch John. John is my son. He always has been. My son John was saved when he was about four years old. And the first thing he did after he got saved is he ran to his little sister, who's 15 months younger than him, and she was, he was telling her about Jesus, that she needed to have Jesus too. And since then, he's, he's been somewhat estranged, but more lately, he's starting to come back. And so after this incident with Blaine, I thought, yes, God, you really do love me, because one of the most important things in my heart is my son. I want him to come home. I want him to know intimate fellowship with the Father. And I want him to know the purpose and the plan God has for him. And God has one for you. And Pastor John didn't tell me this, but I'm gonna say this anyway. Some of you out there are getting prompted to go to Karis, and it is God. He will provide, and he knows exactly what he wants you to do. So just listen to his voice and follow him because he loves you as much as he loves me. He's got about a billion favorites on the planet or so, you know? One other testimony I want to share, and this is really important, and then I'm going to pass the mic. Um, it was very powerful to me. Again, we're still at this same beach with Blaine. And I'm sitting on the wall, and down from the wall, there's this young Asian man, and it was like I knew him. I, I, I couldn't quite explain it, but I'd been asking God throughout the whole trip, anytime you want me to talk to someone, God, just highlight them so I know that's the one I'm supposed to talk to. Because, you know, that way I can't miss it, because otherwise I could. <laughs> but... He was sitting on the wall, and um, Joni, the director for Kara, she had gone and talked to him, and she came back, and I didn't know what she'd said to him, but I just felt prompted to go and talk to him, and I went down, and I sat down beside him, you know, and I said, it's okay if I sit here? Yeah, fine, and, and he asked me, he said, what are those guys doing? I said, oh, they're doing skits about Jesus, and the minute I said Jesus, it was like, Phew. He didn't really want to hear that. He was really open looking until then, but he just closed up. And I said, uh, you can know about him too. And he said, well, he said, I have my own religion, my own beliefs. And I said, you know what? I said, 
I'm not going to hang out here and bug you, but I said, I want you to know God is a gentleman, and he is never, ever going to force himself upon you, but he does love you, and he wants you. He wants you for himself, and that will never, ever change. You may always come to him. And I left there, and I felt sad, you know, because he didn't receive God. But the Lord said to me, Linda, he will never come into my kingdom saying I never had a chance because he had two chances today, and he gets to choose. So please pray with me for that young Asian man that he will make the right choice, and he will come into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Well, I have never really spoke in front of people until I went to Karis, and it's been awesome. I am so glad that God called me to Karis. Um, when my husband passed away, I had a really hard heart. But going to Karis for two years has been awesome. God had shown me how much he really, truly loved me and how much he really loved my husband. I really enjoy going to Florida, Miami, Florida. It's been awesome to learn how to be in unity with a group. It is, you just can't understand when, when you go places how we worked so together. Uh, we went to a homeless shelter and learned uh, we were stacking and sorting a whole bunch of things. One group went one way to sort diapers. Another group went one way sorting towels. I did not know. It's not working. Hello. Anyway, so I, I really enjoyed seeing how we worked together Another group went and sorted out uh, uh, toiletries and uh, all that stuff. It's, it's so awesome to have unity and how we prayed together and sought God together in our group when we had um, devotions. Um, it was just awesome. Um, my devotion, it talked about uh, the wind. God, the Holy Spirit will, will come like a wind and on the day that we, I had my devotion is when the day we went onto the beach and that wind was just so, I'm going, thank you, Lord. I mean, God gave me this message three weeks before we went on the trip. And, and then I'm going, Blaine, uh, Blaine, the wind. Every time he turned around, God was um, bringing the uh, Holy Spirit to him. It was just awesome to see that. Um, when we, um, there was one of our care students uh, met somebody, Wayne, in the elevator at our um, hotel. And he really needed prayer. He lost his job, his family was living in the hotel. And so we got to minister to him day, every night, and he was sat there waiting for us to come to minister to him, to talk about God, to talk about the Holy, Holy Spirit. Uh, so if you ever think of going to Karis, it is a change of life. And, and God 
is just awesome. <laughs> well, now that the earth stole my thunder, what am I supposed to talk about? <laughs> but anyways, uh, mission trip was awesome. Um, I can't explain it. Um, if you haven't been on one, go on one. If you feel that you need to go to Karis, every year Karis has been another stepping stone. Um, the church that we were at in Miami was an old bowling alley and was multi-language. Um, we ministered to ministers and they ministered to us. We went on a prayer walk, walk around uh, the churches about a six or eight block uh, area. There's a couple uh, of the biggest strip clubs in Miami in that area. We prayed that uh, they were gonna be churches someday and that all the people uh, would be blessed in that area. They call uh, the Miami, where we were at, uh, they call it the murder gardens because it seems like on one side of the highway is all the upper class, on the other side of the highway, it's all the slums. Um, there was a room at the church that was full of donations for Tahiti, and uh, we sorted through them, and bagged them up, and shipped them out. And the room was empty when we left. Uh, we got very good meals. Uh, what else happened? Uh, uh, it was just, uh, you had to be blessed before you can be a blessing. Um, what else? Uh, we ministered to uh, uh, people at the church. Um, uh, yeah, I just lost it. Um, uh, I've learned a lot of things since I got back here. Um, you know, missions you can do anywhere. We, we, we can do missions here, and we don't have to go there. Um, we can minister to people on the streets in Stillwater or Minneapolis or St. Paul. Um, we can also minister to people right here in this congregation. Um, I don't know. I just want to say that I love you all. And uh, uh, the main thing about going on a mission trip is uh, for you to get out of yourself. It seems like we get trapped in our own minds and we can't get away. So everything has to come out from the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, just let, let him lead the way and uh, it's not our uh, adventure, it's uh, God's adventure. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good. It's good to go. It's good to come home. But it's good to go, and God uses, God uses you in ways you don't even know about. You know, and, and a lot of seeds sown, and we believe in it, and I know there'll be a lot of harvest reaped. Amen? Amen. All right, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, that's where we've been starting out each week for the last, this will be the third in a row. And we've been talking about my sheep here, talking about hearing the voice of God. And uh, I'm not going to go over everything. I'm just going to start out with these verses, but I'm going to just hit the highlights real quick and then get into the, the new part, the news part I want to talk about. But uh, beginning with 
I'm sorry, did I say Luke 2? That was earlier. I'm so sorry. I'm uh, John 10. Go to John 10. John chapter 10, beginning with verse 24. This is where we started each week. It says, So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. I made some statements over the last few weeks. Number one is that God is always speaking. You know, and, and Tom echoed that this morning. God is always speaking. God is, is speaking, and he wants you to hear his voice. He, he doesn't, and it's not just Christians. He wants everybody to hear his voice. He wants people to be drawn to him. In the garden, uh, one of the things that it said before the fall, before Adam and Eve sinned, that uh, God came down every day to talk to Adam and Eve. God wants to talk to people. He wants to communicate. He wants fellowship. He wants relationship. And we've been talking about how God speaks. I'm not going to do the uh, pop quiz and, and, and put you all on the spot. I'm just going to go through it real quick. There's four main areas or four topics I, that I talked about how God speaks. Number one is through the Bible. That's what we talked about last week, is that through the Bible, God speaks through the Bible. If you want to hear God's voice, read the Bible. The more you read the Bible, the more you hear God's voice. That, that, that the, the Word of God is the standard. You know, it's not about my opinion. It's not about somebody else's opinion. You know, like this, uh, one of the testimonies the guy said, uh, he says, well, I have my own religion. I have my own uh, way, way to seek God. Well, you don't get your own way. There is only one way. There's only one name under heaven by which men might be saved. And that's that the, the Word of God tells you that. It shows you who God is and His plan for us being a part of His family. And so the most important thing is He speaks through the Bible. I don't think you should be listening to any voice until you've been in the Word for a while. Unless that, word, unless that voice tells you to get saved. Follow that one. If you, that's the first one you follow, get saved, come, come to him, uh, repent and, and get your life right with him. That's the first and foremost, but after that, get in the word, amen? That's why when anybody gets saved, I tell them, start reading the Bible. Well, and they, I've had people say, well, I, I've had trouble reading the Bible in the past. I'll read it, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I said, do it now, watch what happens. You get saved, all of a sudden it changes. Why? Because the spirit of God is now in you and he can explain it to you and it comes to life. I've heard that many times where people say, wow, it is different since, since I've received him. And then through, uh, it, today we're going to talk about in a still small voice. So through the Bible, in a still small voice. The third one is through other people. Tom talked about that during the opening this morning. Somebody said something. They don't even know who it is. They don't even know who they were. They said something, but it was God speaking to them. It confirmed something. We'll talk about that probably next week. And then number four, all the other ways, all the other ways that God speaks through dreams, through, through, uh, well, yeah, just all, there's many ways, visions and, and, and cartoons. And I mean, God speaks, just seeing if you're listening, God can speak anyway. <laughs> he can speak anyway. All right. But the Bible is the ultimate standard. Everything that you hear any other way must line up with the Bible. I have to, I have to you know, uh, really stress that because there's other voices. There's other things speaking. There are other people speaking. There are other philosophies speaking. And, so, and, and many of those philosophies actually sound pretty good. 
You know, they're, they're all about love, and they're all about, you know, they're all about, but not, not every voice that talks about love is talking about the right kind of love. Amen. Not, not every voice that says you to go this way or that way is God's voice. And how do you know the difference? You know what the Bible says. It sounds like the Bible whenever it speaks, and more. All right, turn now to 1 Kings. We're going to talk about the still small voice. What do you mean a still small voice? You know, you hear about this in Christianity. If you were to, to uh, uh, go to the Strong's Concordance and you look for the still small voice, that phrase, there's only once where it talks about it. And this is where we're talking about it. But it explains a lot. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning with verse 9. And to let you know about the, the context of what's happening here, Elijah had just ha had the showdown on Mark, Mount Carmel in uh, uh, would be uh, western Israel. Uh, he, the, the prophets of Baal had been there and they had, had set up their altar and they had, they had chanted and danced and ran around and yelled and screamed and because and, uh, you know, basically Elijah said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, I challenge you to figure out which one's the real God. You worship to your God, I'll worship to my God, but here's the deal, whoever, wh whichever God answers by fire from heaven, that's the one that's God. So the prophets of Baal danced around, you know, we know the whole story, uh, made, a, made a big spectacle and nothing happened. Elijah then sets up the altar, and I was reading that again just recently, and I, there's some really neat stuff. One of the things is he repaired the altar that had been broken down. Very interesting. He repaired an altar that was there already, and he repaired it and put it back to place. That's a whole other sermon someday maybe but I was just meditating on that. But he repairs it, and then he puts the sacrifice on it. He puts the wood on it, puts the sacrifice on it. Then he tells them, go get some water. They fill up two big jars of water, and they, they put, he says, pour the water over the, the sacrifice, pour it over the wood, because not only you know, is God going to answer by starting this fire, he's going to have to do it through wet wood. Interesting. He put so much water that the water ran over the altar, down the, down the altar, and then it filled a trench. He had, he had dug a trench around it. It filled the trench up. Well, long story short, he, you know, these guys, the, 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 other, the prophets of Baal had danced around, and they were cutting themselves and yelling and screaming all day long, and nothing happened. Elijah, after he had it all set up, steps off a few feet and just prays quietly, God, I know you're God. Now show them. Fire came down from heaven. It, took, it consumed the wood. It consumed the, 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 the sacrifice. It even consumed all the water that was around it. That's, that's power. Everybody knew who was God from that moment on. Okay? Well, so we have this huge uh, victory for Elijah. And then what happened immediately after this huge victory? Depression set in. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. When everything's going great, be careful. Don't, don't get into that, slide into the, the uh, oh, woe is me. Because, I mean, here's Elijah. Just, he, people saw the hand of God through his life and through his ministry, and now, all of a sudden, his enemy, uh, uh, Ahab and what's-her-face? Jezebel, that's right. Wasterface is the uh, Hebrew version of, no, it's not, I'm just kidding. It's Jezebel. All right. So Jezebel says, now I'm going to kill you. You killed all my prophets, now I'm going to kill you. And he got scared and he started running. 
okay? And uh, for those of you that went to Israel, if you remember, he ran, he ran from Carmel, which is in the, the middle uh, western part of Israel, all the way down by Beersheba. He ran past Beersheba, which is, you know, 50, 60, 70 miles. He ran uh, down to that area. He gets down there, and that's where we pick up this story. 1 Kings 9, 19, 9 says, there, came, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? The word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah has seen the power of God. He, he runs for all those days down to this cave. You know, he's hiding. He wants to get as far away from the queen as possible. He wants to get by himself. He gets into a cave and he just wants to sit there and sulk. He wants to feel sorry for himself. He wants to, to whine a little bit. And he gets down there and, what, and God looks at him and says, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? I didn't tell you to come down here. He didn't say that, but basically that's what he's saying. What are you doing here? And verse 11, if you go down to verse 11, and he said, he said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it in pieces, the, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So when we think of God and how big he is, how majestic he is, how powerful he is, and if we saw this huge, you know, wind, you know, everything starts moving and there's earthquakes and there's fire going, wow, that's God. That's God. But a man of God who knew God's voice said he, God, that God was not in those things. When he heard the, the low whisper, a, a, a soft whisper, he went, there's God. God speaks. When God speaks, it's not, wow. It's not, Yay! I mean, like Tom said this morning, I mean, you can just come up and finish the sermon if you'd like, because bottom line, I'm, I'm going to finish your sermon. He says, you know, God can, if he has to speak to you in a loud voice, you better listen, because it's probably your last time, you say it's your last chance. But he speaks in a low whisper. He, he, when he speaks, it's a still, small voice. So what is the still, small voice? That's the, what does that mean? You know, uh, I said in the, in the very first sermon, when talking about hearing the voice of God, I've never had God speak to me in an audible voice. I've never heard a voice. I've never heard anybody, I mean, audibly that was nobody else in the room, it was just God. I know people who have, but I haven't. That's fine, because I want to listen to the small voice. I want, to, I want to be led easily by God. I want, if I hear something, I want to be moved in a direction by Him. But what is that? Because there's all kinds of voices you know, the, I wrote down some questions. You know, when the, the still small voice comes, our, our first thought is, is that you? Is that you? Or is it my imagination? Did I just make that up? Or uh, is it my conscience? Is the still small voice 
Your conscience. Some people say that. You know, be, be led in that still small voice. And if it's the right thing to do, it could be your conscience. Well, is it? I don't know. Or is it God? How do you know when God speaks to you? How do you know? Now, if it's the Bible, if you're reading the Bible, he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. Now, you have to also have wisdom. Paul wrote to Timothy and said that you should rightly divide the word of God. Because not everything in the Bible is God's direction for you at this moment. You know, definitely don't read the minor prophets in the Old Testament and say, well, okay, I'll do whatever God says in his word today because they, they, they did all kinds of weird stuff. You know, one guy, God told him to, to lay naked before the Lord for a year and eat food cooked on, yeah, fill in the blank. For those Bible scholars out there, they're all chuckling because they know what it is. Human dung. Yeesh. Why would God tell him that? I don't know. I mean, he just he was trying to show Israel something. He doesn't, he's not telling you to go do that. How do you know when it's the, ver the voice of God? Well, you've got to know him, and there's more to it. Now turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, begin with verse 15. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He has been with them for three years. He's been ministering to them. They actually heard his voice. They walked with him. They slept with him. They slept in the same area. They ate with him. They hung out with him for three years. And now he's getting ready to go. They don't understand it, but he's getting ready to go. He's going to die on the cross the next day. And he's then going to be taken up into heaven in, in 50 days later. And they just, they need to know his voice. They need to know there's more to it than what they've just went through. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 15, says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus saying things are going to change. When I die on that cross, I'm going to, I'm, the veil is going to be ripped. When he died on the cross, the veil in the temple between the, the, the holy place and the most holy place was ripped in two, which was a symbol that the, that, that the separation between God and man had just been taken out of the way. There had been a separation between God and man since the, since the garden. When, the, when Adam and Eve sinned, he, God pushed them out of the garden, and then he put a, an angel there, and he says, you can't come in here anymore. You can't come in where I had communion with you, where I hung out with you, where I knew you and you knew me face to face. That separation began there, and from that point on, not everybody could talk to God. Certain people whose hearts were, were hard after you, following hard after him, who sought him with everything that they were, or were priests, or were kings, anointed people. Just, just certain people could get there. By the time Jesus was there, the only one who could go into the Holy of Holies or the most holy place was one man once a year, and man, he had to take every precaution possible. He had to get everything sorted out in his life. He did not dare walk inside that room with one sin in his life. Because if he did, he would die. 
I don't know if this is completely true. I've heard it in many places, and I've heard people disagree with it, but they used to tie a rope around their ankle. When they walked into the most holy place, they'd, brought, they'd put a rope, and they had bells on their, on their clothes. And if the bells stopped ringing, they pulled the priest back out because he's the only one that could go in there. And if he got killed, if God killed him because there was sin in his life, I mean, gracious, good night. Who's signing up for that? This year, Wayne, everybody voting for Wayne? Yay! Good luck, Wayne. All of our hopes waiting on you, bud. Good luck. Dingle, 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 you know? That's the, way, that's the way people used to get to God. Was they, I mean, through, and then the only, he would come out and say, here's what God just said, or here's what God did. or you, know, you had to get it from somebody else. But Jesus said, guys, everything's changing tomorrow. Everything's going to change tomorrow. Now, they had no idea. They didn't get it. He died on the cross. He paid for every sin. He, he did that. Then when he came back to life, he walked in and they believed in him they're like okay you're god we get it and it says that they believed in him and then it says he breathed on them and said receive the holy spirit it changed not just anybody could you know fishermen couldn't get the holy couldn't be in communion with the holy spirit you know tax collectors definitely tax collectors could not be you know in communion with a living god and so on down the list but in that moment, everything changed, and he said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit entered them. They were born again. They were saved. But he's saying to them, I will not leave you as orphans. Verse 18, I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. He had never said things like that. Up until that point, all he ever had ever said was the kingdom of God is near you. The, the kingdom of God is getting closer to you. It's, he, you know, he's, as the more he preached, the more that they understood, they, they, they got closer and closer to the, to the kingdom of God. But when he died on that cross and when they received him, when you receive him, everything changes. And now he's in you. It's, that's the way it was supposed to be from the beginning. That's the way God had created it. When, when uh, Adam and Eve were created, they, he says, I'm going to create them like us. Body, soul, and spirit. Three-part but when they sinned, the spirit part died. The, the, the part that was like the spirit of God died in us. And every, every child, every man, woman, and child born into this world is separated from God because of that sin. But when we receive him, he comes back in. We are born again. Our spirit become, go, uh, becomes alive again. And we now can have communion with him. And if he's in you... He can speak to you from inside you. One time, years ago, I went and I was doing a, a wedding at a uh, church. And it was, a, it was a very, I don't know, I don't want to say it mean. I don't, want to, you know, I don't want to come out mean. I don't mean it mean, but it, anyway, I try to say it. They, they, were, they were Christian in name only. Let's just say it that way. 
and they, you know, they had a long, they were, they were very, not Christian, <laughs> they were very not biblical. And I'm walking in there, and I'm waiting for the family to show up, and I was the first one there, and I'm standing around, and, and I'm just, and finally I was walking, and I said, I just, you know, I just had nothing else, and I said, God, are you here? And I heard him speak to me in my heart, in, in, within me, he says, well, of course I am, because you're here. That's not, there's not a pride thing. That's just, wow, wherever you go, the Spirit of God goes with you. He doesn't leave you. He says, I'll never leave you. From now and forever, I'm in you. You're, you can't separate him. He can't, he says, I'll never leave you. That's a, that's a, a verse you can bank on. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. Verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Show myself to him. As manifest is a big, you know, buck and a quarter word. What does that mean? That means he's, we get to see him. How do we see him? I've never seen Jesus standing in front of me. I don't need to. That freaked me out. I don't want to go there, okay? But I see him all the time. I see him in the world. I see, I see him acting. I, I see him uh, moving in people's life. I, I look at Bob, you know, Bob McClung, who was just up here, second year Bible student, going to graduate with a Bible degree, I met him when he first walked through the church. He wasn't saved. He was, he was dealing with some stuff. I'm telling on you, man, sorry. But it's what happens. I got your back. <laughs> From back there, that's right. But he, look how much he's changed. For those of you who know Bob now, look what God has done. Bob couldn't have done that. You couldn't have done who you, you could, you know, if you'd have known me in 35, 40 years, if you'd have known Wayne, holy freaking cow. <laughs> I've heard stories about Wayne. You haven't heard mine yet. <laughs> one day at a time here, one day at a time. But that's God. That's how you see God. You see, when you see people love it, loving each other and serving one another, you see God. When you see, yeah, I could give you example after an example. We don't see God physically in front of us, but we, see, you know, like I said at the beginning of the service or at the beginning of my part here, you know, where two or more are gathered, there He is in the midst, and we see Him. And Jesus said He'll show Himself to us. Twenty-two. Judas, not Iscariot. Just so you know, just so you know, puts in my in my Bible in parentheses, not Iscariot, not the other guy, the other Judas, who I'm sure was just like great, got the same name as him, <laughs> but it's not Iscariot. Said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? And not to the world. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. You keep coming back to the word, the Bible, the truth, the, the standard, the, 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 the plumb line, as some would say. Where did I look? Where verse was I in? 2 22. Will manifest yourself in oh, for 23. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we 
will come to him and make our home with him. So it's not just the Holy Spirit. It's not just Jesus. And it's not just it's the Father. They're all living in us now. Why did the, the veil rip in the, the Holy of Holies? Because he didn't need it anymore. He didn't need that representation of himself anymore. Before, I mean, if you look, if you've anybody ever done a teaching or, or you know, heard a teaching on the temple, how the temple was laid out, it's human. It's us. And God was in the, the innermost part, but there's, there's the, the body, the soul, the spirit. There's the, there's the divisions. There's the, and now he doesn't live in some building. He lives in us. And if he lives in us, there's a verse. I, I remember early on when I was seeking God and you know, just starting to walk with him again, I was reading in the Psalms. And it says, it says uh, call unto me and I will hear from my temple and I will answer you. I read that one day, and I was just like, wow, that'd be so cool. And then all of a sudden, I got it. The temple isn't over in Israel anymore. It's right here. He hears from us, and he will answer us. So he wants to speak. We just have to recognize his voice. Amen? But that voice is from within us. Verse 24, whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the, but the Father's who sent me. Everything lines up with the Bible. Everything lines up with the word of God. Everything lines up with the Father's will. And if anything does not line up, I'm giving you the answer. If anything you hear doesn't line up with the word of God, that's why you need to know the word of God. Because if it doesn't line up with the word of God, don't listen to it. Reject it. I don't need to go into all the examples. Fill in the blank. You know, see, I, I no. Because, because I, 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 would, I would do it and it would sound like a joke and it wouldn't have the right point, okay? But you'll steal that candy bar. We heard that on Wednesday night. That's not God. Why? Because the Bible says... Thou shalt not steal. Don't steal. Don't, oh, I'm going to kill that guy. No, it's not God. Why? Because it says don't kill. Don't covet. Don't, you know. Or, not just all the don'ts, if, God, if you hear a voice that says, go do this, and the Bible says go do it, hey, that's a pretty strong possibility. It's God's voice. It lines up with the word. All right. Turn over to... Acts 15. Oh, I'm sorry. Boop, boop, boom, boom. John 14. When you are born again, God is in you. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So, when God speaks, by very definition, there's peace. There's going to be peace. If it's God speaking, there's peace. So then, how many of you like geometry? Anybody here like geometry? See, how many, okay, let's just let's go the other way. How many of you like algebra? Weirdos. All right. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just kidding. It was a joke. 
I only say that because I'm really jealous, okay? I just, how do you add an A and a B together? I don't get it. I don't, just doesn't work for me. But geometry, now geometry, I love geometry because there were proofs. You know, if, if A equals B and B equals C, then what happens? Yeah, A equals C. And it works every single time. See, there are your letters. That's relational. See, I, I get that. <laughs> Same thing with the Word of God. If, if the Word of God is, says that God is peace, and you hear a voice, and that voice does not, when you hear that voice and there's no peace, then C does not equal A. Does that make sense? Or am I really losing all the algebra people and they don't like geometry? If, if God's voice is peace and you're not feeling peace, then God didn't say it. But if, if, God, if you believe God says something to you, how do you I'm going to give you an example here, and it's going to be a really silly one, but it's a really cool one. just happened to me two days ago. But if, if God speaks to you and, and, and you don't have, or if you, if you hear a voice that doesn't, and you don't have peace, then you need to go find the peace. What's going on? What is the real answer here? Because we have to make decisions every day. Okay, here's the example. Uh, we live in a new place. Uh, we, I have a pole barn. Glory to God. I have a pole barn. I just get giddy saying that. It's just so much, it's so fun. I have a pole barn that has a shop. Okay, so I have to, I'm gutting the whole thing and I'm, re, I'm gonna rebuild the whole inside, new wiring, new everything, and I'm just, I'm having fun. It's just a, you know, it's a guy project. You know, as I go out and I just play. It's like I'm, I'm doing an art project, but cooler. And so I, I'm, I'm doing this. Well, one of the things I need is I need some wood to reframe out the inside of the garage because they didn't have it before and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I left Friday morning to go to a, a, a BMO, does anybody know what BMO, Building Materials Outlet? Okay, because they, they had some boards there, they weren't uh, dimensional lumber, for everybody who doesn't care, just ignore me for 30 seconds. They, have, they had some non-dimensional lumber that was super cheap, and wood is not super cheap right now. So this was like super cheap, and I could get all the wood I needed for a fraction of going to one of the big box stores. Okay, so I get in my truck and I'm driving towards BMO, and as soon as I'm driving, I don't have peace. There's something wrong. And I don't know what it is. And what I mean, how do I, how do you, I don't have peace. Just insiders, I'm just, I know there's something not right. So I immediately you know, repent for everything I can think of. You know, I'm thinking, am I in sin? I don't know. You got to start somewhere. That's where I always start. You know, God, am I, am I missing something? Did I do something wrong? Uh, for, you know, forgive me. And it's like, no, that isn't it. That's not it. I'm, I'm, driving, I'm still driving closer, and I'm like, nope, no peace. There, why am I not? I'm going to buy some wood. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? And I'm just like, nope, no peace. I keep driving. So then I thought, okay, I'm going to get smart here. Since I don't know what it is and why I'm, and I, and I'm driving, I have time here, I start to pray. And I start praying in the Spirit because I don't know what to pray about. I don't know what, I don't know if I need to turn around. I don't know if I'm praying for one of you. I don't know what I don't have peace about. So I just start praying in the Spirit. And I prayed in the Spirit for about 45 minutes. I had a couple of other stops I had to make, and I just kept praying in the Spirit. It was, you know, it's the only reason I found this nice to have a mask is I'm walking through stores praying in the Spirit, and nobody can tell the difference. They have no idea. <laughs> but I'm, I'm praying. So I'm just walking and praying. I'm just, you know, seeking God. I'm listening. No peace, no peace. I'm like, what is going on? Am I not supposed to go to BMO? 
Okay, I'll, I'm willing, and I and I like don't you know, don't go. Nope, that isn't it because I don't have I have less peace about that. So it's like okay, keep, keep heading there, and I'm praying. I'm going, God, what is the deal? Why don't I have peace? And so I'm getting there, and I and I'm finally pulling, in and I walk into the building. Now, if you've ever been there, it is a guy's heaven. It is there's I'm getting emotional. There is no I actually. <laughs> There is, there is warehouses full of windows and doors and, and building stuff. It's so cool. So I'm walking through and I've just got a smile on my face behind my mask and, and I'm just so excited. And I'm praying and I have no peace. So I go and I walk over to where I know the wood is and I'm standing there and they've got all of them I need and the price is right, everything's there. And I, in my spirit, I've been praying for a long time and I'm in my spirit, I, say, I heard, don't buy those. I was like, Really? They're right there. And I've got the credit card right here. Really? Don't buy those. I was like, okay. So here's where the obedience part's coming. I could have just forced it and bought those. But I didn't because I, I, don't, I don't know what. Maybe I think I'm going to come back later. I don't know. I don't have peace. So, okay. so I walked away from there. So as long as I'm there, I got to go check out the rest of the building, okay? Because there's like windows and doors and all kinds of cool stuff to look at. And I'm walking, all of a sudden I see the window department and window department, okay? Think of 50,000 square foot uh, 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 warehouse. warehouse. Thank you, Pastor Greg. A 50,000 square foot warehouse full of windows, every possible size and shape and all, oh, they're beautiful. Okay, so I'm walking through and I went, oh, I need two windows, Okay, I need two windows. So as I'm walking through and, I, and I'm, I'm looking and, I, and I'm, I start looking, I find the two I want. Now they don't match. They're, they're kind of dinged up. They're cheap though. They're, they're very inexpensive, but they're, they're, they're cheap and, they're, and they don't match. And I was like, well, that's a pole barn, no big deal. And so I actually pulled them out and I put them on a cart and I was gonna buy the two windows because I need two windows also. It's not what I went there for. And I get, don't buy them. I was like, what do you mean don't buy them? They're right there. They're cheap. And I, I, got my, I got my, you know, credit card right here. I could buy them. Don't buy them. So I just, I walked away from them. I'm thinking, that's crazy. Because that's the exact size I need. Everything about them is what was, I could replace it. No peace. There was no peace. I'm walking along and all of a sudden, it, and just as I, I'm still praying because I'm saying, God, what is going on here? I don't understand this. And he said, Go down that aisle over there. I hear, you know, I don't hear it in a voice. I just have this feeling, walk down that aisle over there. So I started walking down the aisle. And as I got down there, I found the, the, the golden egg of BMO. I, there's something you, when you go there that you cannot find. When you're looking at windows, there are no two windows the same, ever, ever. Because they have one of this and one of that and one of this and one of that, different sizes, everything else. I'm walking, I find six identical windows, bigger than the ones I wanted, nicer than the ones I wanted, insulated glass, and there's sliders, and I can get wind through my shop. And I see all this, and I all of a sudden have peace. <laughs> and the price was. And I just get peace. I'm looking and going, really? I'm supposed to, that's, that's what this has all been about was I needed to buy those windows instead of everything else I was going to do today. And I had peace. And I am so happy. 
I've had peace ever since. Now you're thinking, what does this have to do with anything? That's not that important. No, God cares about the little things in your life. And he wants to lead you into joy. He wants to lead you into peace. And he wants to lead you into blessing. I am so blessed. Because I couldn't, I, for, the, for the price I was going to spend, I got four windows. And they're going to have cross-draft and everything else. It's wonderful. But you got to listen to God. Now, I can tell you some really super spiritual ones, but then that'd be a longer than I want to stay. I got next week. I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you some other ones. But it's just following peace. You can do that without a whole lot of practice. Let's all stand. I'm going to stop there. And we'll pick up, because I'm not done with still small voice. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity to, to walk with you, to be in relationship with you, and to, to know you, to know you, to know your voice. Father, for anyone who doesn't know your voice, anyone who does not know you, Father, I pray that the eyes of their understanding will be open and they'll be filled with light. They'll know the height and the width and the depth and the breadth of your love. Reveal yourself to them, Lord. Show yourself. Call them in that unmistakable voice, drawing them to you. Thank you, Lord, that as we walk through this week, we'll hear you and we'll know you more than we've ever known you before. In Jesus' name, amen.